Oh no. Bat. Hello fellow humans, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 117, the Master Chief Renaissance episode. Uh, today, we are recording on Tuesday, October 19th, 2021, a little bit earlier in the week than usual. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher the Salty Sternum Sternum. And I'm joined today by Angie Stellar Smalls. Angie, what's up? Not uh, not much. I feel like I've been away from here for a bit, but I had yeah. a little bit of a, a little sickness for a little bit there, and I sounded like a dying frog, probably. So <laughs> we can't catch <laughs> that on mic. We'll, we'd get <laughs> we'd get in trouble if we caught that on on mic. I, I've yeah. also been away, so we're reunited and re and reconvening together. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like it. Missing members have resurfaced. Um, <laughs> we're alive. Yeah, we we still work here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to jump into the lowdown. Um, if you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, which is at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't use Twitter, you can send an email the old-fashioned way to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's our website. Please go check it out. I don't know that we've done a big website update in a while, but, you know, it's still out there. It's still ticking. You can still share out episodes of the podcast from there. Um, speaking of things, you can also check out back issues, 12 whole issues of Mostly Normal Monthly at mngamers.substack.com. Um, we're still on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, it feels weird saying that because I think it's technically we've only skipped like one or two months at this point, but uh, it's been a well-deserved well break, I think. And maybe we'll respect it for maybe like a game of the year discussion. Yeah. Oh, that was a burp. That's why I shouldn't have have a beer while recording. Um, but I think we got to keep that in the edit for the humor. Um, I a game of, oh my God, we need to cut that audio and that can be like the title of our game of the year podcast. It's the game of the year, but I burp in the middle of the word year. Because that's that's the energy that I have to bring to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast now. Um, and the last way that you can tend weigh in with us and catch up with what we're doing here um, is to chime in with a voicemail or text message to our Google Voice line at 507-291-2991. I'm pretty disappointed uh, because nobody has left a message. From what yeah. I have heard, and I think we've gotten one or two, but I would love to put people's voices on the show. I agree. Movie. Like anything that, like, is there a game that you're pissed off about? Is there like that's not coming out soon enough, or that you played the beta and it was shit? Or is there a game that you just want to tell us that you're really, really into, and maybe we should look into if we haven't played it? Like anything, man. Yeah, and you know, hit us hit us up on the Twitter with like game recommendations and things like that, and definitely yes. like send in some reviews. Like, I want some like audio reviews sent to the voicemail box. Oh, that um, would be good. That would be good. I would be super down with that. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, let's jump into what we're playing. And speaking of one one seven, the Master Chief. 
why did I name it the Master Chief Renaissance episode? That has nothing to do with this. It's like the Master Chief anniversary episode would have made yeah. Um It looks like you're maybe playing some more of the test flight for Halo Infinite. Is that true? Well, not anymore because that, that flight that has ended, I think it was the beginning of um, October. Oh, the the, the f- first weekend of October, I think it ended. That was the last weekend. But there's two weekends that they were doing it. I think it was Friday through Sunday-ish. Um uh, for two weekends, and I uh, obviously there's glitches, but that's to be expected. It's a flight test, right? They know that there are things that they need to fix. They just wanted us to play and see if there's any other issues that's happening and have us report said issues, right? So, but in general, I loved the gameplay, and I'm super excited for because the multiplayer is going to be free to download. Um, but you just have to pay for the, um, the disc to the campaign. So mm-hmm. people should be excited about that. But yeah, I, the, the new feature is this, uh, the grapple, I think is what it's called. I can't, it's been so long. <laughs> um, but that was really awesome. I, I did some training and I just had that as one of my selections and I was like just flying around one of the maps and just having fun with it and figuring out how things, you know, worked, but, um, watching other people's videos too. Cause I posted some videos on my Twitter of like my gameplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it wasn't super great <laughs> gameplay, but, um, but some of it was pretty fun and cool that to watch. And I mean, it's still fun to watch failure in my opinion, but, um, so if people want to go check that out, they can. But watching other people's gameplay as well, like the things that they were doing, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. I want to try that. So the next time I would play, like I would try their things that they were doing. But it was hard to get the hammer unless, for me unless I killed somebody with it, which I did a few times, which was nice. But, yeah. um, you know, there was always I found people like sitting up in a corner and just like sniping people away, which that is. A strategy if you would like that to be your strategy i do not like those people you're you look i'm watching one of your uh gameplay videos on your twitter uh, right now. you look like yeah. more of like a face-to-face brawler type here yeah i'm i'm, I'm pretty much like a run and gun where i just run around shoot things and if i get close enough i'm just gonna hit you in the face which you know that's just my gameplay but Talk to me about the the gun feel on this pistol you're using. It looks incredible. I I love that. So that one was my favorite one. That's one that I used the most. I think it was the MP5. But I used that the most um, when playing. It just, I like the, it's a faster reload in my opinion. And when I use it, I can get some shots off real quick. And I get enough off into their face as I'm running up to them and then I hit them and they usually die. Yeah. So are you familiar with the, uh, I think Bungie used to call it like the halo like combat triangle where it's like grenades, melee, melee, Jesus. And, uh, and shooting. I don't know if I've heard of that. Oh, like their like whole thing was like balance, like trying to balance Uh, the game around using like all three aspects of the combat. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And like just in watching some of these clips of yours, like 
it's just such a reminder of like how well that balance plays out and like just hearing you say like oh well like this pistol was good because i could lay into them and they get enough headshots that i could close them out with a melee attack like that is such like a specific to halo experience to me yeah i I don't know many other shooters where i'm like excited to close the distance and like finish with a melee attack or like counting in a grenade to get a kill for me oh yeah for sure and I the I had to mess around the first the first few rounds that I played I had to um, change the the button layouts a few times because it just didn't feel right with what I was like used to and I was like wait no that doesn't feel right so then I try something else and I'm like nope that's definitely wrong like from again when I'm used to in other Halo games so I just, mm-hmm. it was uh, interesting to try to figure it out but I finally got to one and that's when things started picking up a little bit better yeah um but uh i'm a bumper jumper person but uh that was like halo 3 bumper jumper yep and so as i've gotten into the later halos they feel like they've kind of messed around with what the bumper jumper is and and it's gotten further away from like what i expect in a halo game yeah, it's it, so they have multiple different kinds now, um, so people can obviously choose their layout. But that that one is my layout as well. Mm-hmm. And also the the little details that they put in some of the maps, like one of the maps, I think it was the bazaar. Um, they had chickens running around. It was hilarious. I don't know why I thought that was just so funny, but I just I got close to one of them and I just like watched him just run around just crazily because. Obviously, there's grenades flying around and rockets. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fun. Just little details that they've put in there is it's fun too. I like it. Oh my gosh! the The coolest little detail I've seen is there's like some sort of electricity gun, and if you shoot other guns with it, it'll like make mm-hmm. them fire. Have you seen this? No, actually, I know what gun you're talking about, um, but I. I haven't seen them used on other weapons to make the other weapons fire as well. Yeah, I saw somebody was like posted to Twitter and I'll I'll never find it. But someone was firing that like electric current gun at guns that were just lying on the ground unused and it would cause them to shoot. Oh, shoot. Super cool. Huh. I didn't know that. I'll have to find that, like look that up myself. Yeah, I love those weird little details like. Oh, yeah. And just, some things might get fixed, you know, as they if they consider them a bug, you know. And obviously, every game, even that's still out, still has bugs that they find. So, like, you know, you, oh, there's going to be bugs. Yeah. Um, any, like, highlight maps or anything that I should look out for when the main game drops? Like, is there a map in the flight that stood out to you as super fun? Well, it depends on how you like to play the game, in my opinion. So the bazaar, for example, I liked it for, um, com- like, it was a smaller map. So when you're when you're playing, there's always action happening. There's always something happening. You can't really just sit in an area with nothing really happening for too long. Um, so it made capture the flag really fun because you know there was there was only a few select ways people could go, and then the way they and so I don't know it's and so if you like that kind of like always something happening not really getting a moment to like collect Mm -hmm. yourself I guess um 
you know, that would be a good one, which I liked it in, in moments. And those are the moments where obviously I just wanted to look at the maps and see, just figure out where things are at, just explore the map. And some um, of them you could, I think, what were there? I'm trying to see. Just a list of them. Because um, once I get the names, I'll know. <clears throat> oh, Behemoth is one of them that I played. I think it was once or twice, and that was on Capture the Flag. And that was more open um, of a map. So it took a, lo a little bit longer to get to the other side in the sense of capturing said flag. But there are also ghosts that you can get in and drive around in right so mm -hmm. and there are like sniper spots which is perfect obviously for um capture the flag so then you can just a person can snipe on your team and then another person can go collect the flag um so that, it was nice but it was a little i wish there was more people playing for that one mm. um fragmentation was i played that was the bigger of all the maps and that was when I played the big team battles. I think it was, oh, was it, was it eight? No. I think it was a total of 20. So 12 versus 12, I think. I think. So I think it was a total of 24 people. Or if it was, no, I think it was eight versus eight. It just seemed like a lot more people. I thought there was 12. But anyway, so that's a bigger map. And there's all sorts. There's the, the smaller ATVs. There was the warthogs on there. There's transportation. There was, like, little secret rooms that you had to, like, you would access a door, a keypad on the door, and you had to wait for a certain number of seconds. I think it was, like, 30 seconds. And as you had to wait, people could come up on you and try to – because in these rooms there was, like, better and bigger weapons or there was, like, just, like, the type of – items in said game that you would want to you know have for yourself or have for your team mm -hmm. like the better the more lucrative things um and capture the flag on that was really awesome because there was many different ways you can go and a lot of people did the you know the mini atv route where the one person would drive and one person would hang onto the flag in the back and you know get to your your area to capture but um the one I played the most, I think, in the beginning especially, was Live Fire. And that one um, that one was pretty awesome. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about it, but it's, it's probably just nitpicking, when I was grappling in training mode, you can see above these three or four towers that kind of hang out in the middle of the map. And you, can, you can't go on top of them as you're grappling, but you can see on top of them as there's like sandbags and stuff. So it looks like you could be up there, but you can't actually be up there, which kind of sucks. But I mean, it would be an area for snipers. So I wonder if that's just for looks and wonder if that's just going to be part of the campaign in some fashion. I don't know. But yeah. Mm. So I guess it just depends on how you like to play um, the the game itself, and if you're like more upfront and you're in your face, or if you're like you know wanting to be like a sniper, you want to just find an area to do your business and be in the background. Nice. I'm excited to play it when it comes out. I am too. It feels so far away, but it's only like forty days. 
if my math is right, maybe more like <laughs> somewhere around there. But yeah, no, that was good. Man. Any <laughs> any quick check-ins? Um, yeah. So I restarted Breath of the Wild because it's just a fun game just to mess around with when you're just not wanting to think too much about stuff. <laughs> you just just kind you're of play just out it. in the playground of Hyrule. Yes, I'm just just replaying it, new new fresh one, and um, just exploring more things or I, and different areas that I probably I didn't before. There was this one guy I think that um, like there's a tracker that you can get in like I think it's one of the DLCs that he played the game without going over the same spot twice mm, and beat I did it. See that. Yeah, and that was so crazy. And I'm like, am I going to do that? Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that because that sounds like too much work and I'm not about that right now. So, yeah, just just playing that game just for just for fun to like wind down and stuff. And it was been a while, but I played um, Horizon Zero Dawn. And I don't know if I had talked to you about it on here before when I was playing it. No, I, mean, I, I don't think we overlapped much while you were doing uh, that. Yeah, I... I love it. I'm sad that it's only on PS5 or PS4 or whatever. Um, but I'm loving it. it it's so on far. PC too now, actually, the original. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's one of the awesome. PlayStation games that they brought over to Steam, I think. Oh, I guess I, I might have missed that part of it. But I, yeah. I liked it so far. So far. Um, I've connected with Aloy, and I feel like she's like my spirit game character in oh, this awesome. moment, in moment but no i i like it it's, it's a really good game and i'm excited um uh for i think it's is it horizon forbidden west that's coming mm -hmm. out and yeah. i'm excited to hear about that as well when that does come out nice. um but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been dabbling into when i have a moment in time what about you where you've been busy but have you been playing any fun games Oh my gosh, I, so, I am just getting my teeth kicked in by Metroid oh. Dread. Really? Yeah, I think this game's way hard, and I don't know what, like, <clears throat> it might say something about me and, like, what I'm good at in life, but, like, I think the bosses in Metroid Dread are harder than Dark Souls. Interesting. I've been, isn't it the Metroid Dread, like people have been playing it and it takes like eight hours or something? Is that the one that's been going around? I know, um, I think John said it took him about 10. I know some people said eight, but I think um, the game like has its own internal readout on the time you spent. Oh, okay. And that internal clock <clears throat> at the end of the game does not include times where you die to bosses and get a game over and start over. Mm, okay. And it doesn't include time that you spend in the menus looking at maps. Oh, and is that where a lot of your time has been? <laughs> well, a lot of my time has been <laughs> dying and restarting against bosses. <laughs> um, but uh, the game is full of these like really iconic looking, really cool Emmy robots. Um, they're the, they're kind of like these like killer robots that look like they were designed by Apple. <laughs> Okay. Um, they're like all over the promotional materials for the game. And they like one hit kill you. It and you just are supposed to like avoid them in certain sequences of the game. And 
they have like a tiny parrying window for you to parry their attack. That's a one hit kill if they catch you. Um, and it just isn't what I want out of a Metroid game. Um, like when I play this style of game, even like a Metroid Vingle, but specifically with Metroid games, like I more want to like have a leisurely pace where I'm gradually exploring the map and like puzzling through things. And mm -hmm. these Emmy sections are like high stress, frantic running away sequences. Um, wow. Some people compare it to like survival horror mechanics where you're just like trying to escape with your life kind of thing. Yeah. And I just can't get through them without feeling like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall. And so um, that's been a little bit... <coughs> Those sequences have kind of been a kick in the butt, but then like each one of them, you know, <coughs> sort of spoilers, but like each one of them eventually ends with you getting the ability to like fight back and like clear that area. And that like is a huge satisfying turnaround when you get to do it. But I don't, it's just not like what I came to the game for, I guess. Um, and then like all of the boss fights have had pretty demanding padding, pattern recognition um, and execution stuff. Like I've, I spent, I probably fought a boss like 10 to 12 times on Saturday before beating it, um, which feels like a lot for a Metroid game. Um, sometimes the balance feels right on the difficulty. Sometimes it feels like it's asking a little bit much. Um, and it's just kind of like not what I go to Metroid games for. Um, and some of this may be contradictory of like what I've said in the past about... Um, so uh, prior to our technical difficulties, I was saying um, I don't really come to Metroid games to get my teeth kicked in. I come in for like the ambiance and to like go exploring. Um, and some of the boss fights have done a good job of like striking the balance between like being demanding, but like being manageable. And other ones have felt like they really are asking a lot from me, um, which is not the energy that I usually want to bring to one of these games, although that's kind of contradictory to like what I loved about Hollow Knight, but um, yeah, I just, uh, the game's way more challenging than I was expected, uh, expecting, and uh, maybe I just suck, but <laughs> that's always a high, <laughs> a chance when I'm playing any video game, that the, there's a high probability that I might just be bad. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's, it's obviously, if you're familiar with, um, Metroid Dread in the earliest Metroid in general, I would imagine that it would be fairly similar, but you mentioned that it's like not necessarily like the feel of it, or you had mentioned that the, the parts of Metroid Dread isn't familiar to Metroid just like in general. Is there a specific boss though that you've been getting to that, or maybe one that has been just kicking you in teeth more than the other ones or are they pretty all the same you know like even some of the earlier bosses require some like good pattern recognition and execution um but as the game as you get like further into the game there's a series of mini boss fights that 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know these characters' names like that. But there's a series of these recurring mini-bosses that keep popping up that were really challenging um, and only really... Um, even even once I figured out like what mechanics I was supposed to be taking advantage of to try and make them manageable, I still found them really challenging. Huh. Um, it was kind of like, you know, in video games where they'll have the fights where you fight someone who has like a really similar ability set to you. Okay, yeah. So kind of a fight like that. But then, um, so you fight one fight like that. And then just like you randomly go through a door somewhere and then all of a sudden there's like a locked room fight that's the same as this like pseudo boss fight, but takes place just in a random section of the map. And then you're walking along and there's the same like random section of the map fight, but it's against two of that thing. Um, And then I think there was another fight against two of that thing, but like they were a different color. Um, And so I think it's trying to do the thing where video games will like take a boss and turn it into a normal enemy you have to fight regularly. but I don't think my power level has scaled as quickly as it does in other games where they do that, right? Where like, oh, yeah. we want you to feel like a badass and like this is a trivial fight now. So your power level is like way higher than it was. But this having but like, having this feel like you're like a cockroach going up against, you know, a big shoe, right? I mean, like. Or like Nothing. two shoes kicking each other really hard, but the other shoe can kill you faster. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't, that's not fun either. You know, like if you could beat them really easily, like you're like, okay, cool, whatever. But if it's just too hard on that side, then that doesn't really make it fun either. It just gets more frustrating. And why would you want to continue? Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I, this may just be like a personal, you know, not quite having a firm grip on the mechanics thing but it does feel weird to say that about a game series i've been playing since i was like 12 well i'm curious Uh, i don't think i've heard anything um from john on it so he's playing it or did play it i think yeah Um, i think he's beaten it yes yeah so maybe like i'm curious to see what his thoughts are you know on the boss yeah I, i i need to connect with him about it and I know he he beat it in about that 10-hour runtime like we were talking about. I, I'm curious if he ran into any trouble with it or not. Yeah. Um, but I, I also know this is kind of his sweet spot is are these side-scrollers. So uh, So maybe he's just like used to that yeah. type of gameplay. Yeah. He also, like, he liked Platinum Bloodborne, so who knows what's hard <laughs> for him, you know? True, but yeah. how much time did that take him to do such things? Exactly. Like, um, <laughs> the only other thing I've jumped into, I, I played a tiny bit of Sable, but I kind of want to wait. And there's apparently a performance patch in the works for Sable. Um, okay. Just did really love what I did play. Um, mostly just replayed the area from the demo, which is kind of that opening area. But instead of using glitches to accidentally sequence break the whole thing, um, I actually played through it and I, I found it really charming. Um, and I'm excited to play more. Um, but dread has definitely taken most of my energy and then um just because i think it came out like yesterday um this morning i downloaded update 13.0.0 for super smash bros ultimate to play as sora um okay got that dlc yeah um and i i just did some of the training mode on my lunch break at work 
uh, and uh, checked out Sora's moveset. And, you know, just as always with these characters, like they have gone into the most unbelievable detail, like the animations, the costume selections. Um, I didn't get to listen to any of the music, but the stage, like it's also evocative and like the moveset really captures like what you do in a Kingdom Hearts game when you're playing as Sora. It's really cool so to translate those things. You, a lot of people from what I've read on Twitter were either super excited about this, about Sora joining Super Smash, or they were really upset that it wasn't a different character. Ah, yes. A tale as old as time, somebody Right? And like, you know, I mean, it's going to happen regardless, I would imagine, but it just seemed to really nip people in the butt. I think it's bound to do that, though, when there's one spot left in a game whose roster includes, like, everyone on Earth. <laughs> yeah, um, true. It's like, there's always going to be a group who's disappointed that it's not their character that they've been hoping for. For sure. Um, I love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I played them when I was in high school. They were out at a very good time for me in my life to like be in the target audience for Kingdom Hearts. I got really active on the game facts form about Kingdom Hearts 2 and like read people's fan fiction speculation of what the plot of the game was going to be before it came out. Like I was in. Yeah, I was going to say, this is up your alley for sure. It is, but like, I don't even love the game the way that I did when I was a kid, you know, like I'm not. But there's I ha- still some still... nostalgia there, right? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's it's like that weird nebulous high school age nostalgia where you're like, I don't even know if I want to be nostalgic for this. Um, but right. I, I've been putting off playing through Kingdom Hearts 3, um, and I think I'm going to start jumping into that pretty soon on Game Pass um, just to, like, close it out because I... I do want to finish the series um but i i think it's a cool choice for the final character i think it's really neat that they were able to put kind of this like disney character into the game and i think the kingdom Hearts series like is i don't know if many people like who are super into gaming but don't care about kingdom hearts know this but like I think Kingdom Hearts is like kind of bigger than like gamer video games, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it because of the Disney connections and because it's kind of targeted to like more like adolescent folks. Um, the reach is like way further than a normal video game in that genre might be. And so I think it has more appeal to a mass audience. Um, and I think it's really cool to include that kind of character in Smash Bros because Smash Bros is another one of those games with kind of that bigger appeal, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like I have a friend who like is not into JRPGs like that, but loves Kingdom Hearts. And so like, I was like, Hey man, like I was spending time with him, like right before they put this out, um, over the last weekend, I was like, Hey, like, we got to link up like the next time you're in Madison, like I'll throw down, you can get some rounds in a Sora. Cause like that's, it's just more universal in a way that I think is really surprising. So 
I think it's a smart choice. Um, and I recognize that like plenty of people would be disappointed that it's not Gino or whoever from whatever favorite cult classic game they wanted in it instead. Yeah. I was just curious. I, I've heard like, it should have been no master chief. It should have been crash bandicoot. It should have been this, you know, it's, it could have been any of any of them. <laughs> I mean, really. yeah, I, I don't know how Master Chief meshes in with the Smash universe, but I also don't know how any of the other characters mesh in, like Solid Snake. So, well, like... that's it doesn't at all. Like, what? Um, there was a random character. I think they put Master Chief in Fortnite. Like, they don't really mesh really either. But, they, but they that, so shooting, that is the but... thing. Both games have like a very specific art style that enables them to have characters fit in pretty easily. Yeah. And so I, I think I actually think Master Chief like worked in Fortnite, but just because like everything works in the Fortnite <laughs> graphic style. I know. Um, yeah. So like I, I suppose you could do that. Uh, in, man. Is there ever going to be another Smash game? Is Sakurai retiring? These are all the questions we get to ask now, now that Smash Ultimate's like done, you know? It's like, will there, will it ever happen again? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we'll we never, never, we won't know. know until it happens or it doesn't happen, well, I guess. Let's jump into the news um, and maybe do a quick rundown here yeah. of some of this news info that's dropped in the last week. It's the news. It's time for the news. It's the news jingle. Um, we need one. We have like that cool, like, it's the news sound effect thing, I think, but yeah. I like your jingle for let's record that and leave it as that. <laughs> um, I'm going to kick it off with a short, but somewhat painful story, but also not painful for me personally, just because I think I need some more breathing room after dark souls before I delve back into a from soft game. Um, and that is uh, this news has been all over online, including on the official Elden ring Twitter feed. Um, but this we're reporting out from Mike Minotti over at GamesBeat. And that is that Elden Ring has been delayed till February 25th, 2022. That's about a month long delay. Uh, this news broke on their Twitter feed this morning or yesterday, yesterday morning. Gosh, this is old news already. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, I, I don't know how much you were you know, if you were looking forward to this game, uh, kind of the way that I have been now that I've become a from soft head. Um, but they are doing a closed network test. And I actually learned that from, a uh, the first ever Twitter promoted ad that I've clicked on intentionally was for signing up for this Elden Ring, uh, really? closed network test. Oh man. <laughs> Um, but that's going to be running in November. Um, you can sign up for it. Uh, I'm pretty sure if people who are listening are curious, like go ahead and Google it and, uh, the closed network test should be pretty easy to find. Um, but yeah, I, I think February is turning into a pretty stacked and busy month. Um, yeah, I appreciate an extra month of buffer time to kind of 
get some space away from Halo Infinite because I think Halo Infinite is primed to be kind of the game for a month or two that kind of takes my life over. Um, although every time I make a prediction about games like that, it does not turn out to be true. So we'll see. But I, this is um, like... Go ahead. Oh, go for it. No, you you go for it. I was going to say, I when I first had seen the trailer um, for this game... I was like, oh, man, that looks super cool. These bosses are pretty crazy. Look at that dragon. I have been wanting to play it, and I'm fine. Like, when people say that they're, you know, or when the you know development teams and the, the game itself, they're just like, we're not going to actually have this date be the release date. It's going to be this date instead. Apologize for the inconvenience, blah, 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 blah. I'm fine with it because it's usually them just – fixing their little tweaks that they want to do or doing the little final touches. Um, or it could be, you're right. It could be just them wanting to delay it a little bit more. So then they can have their big output of gameplay for people instead of it being covered, you know, from another game, whatever it may be, I think good for them. And I'm excited. I think I, I'm going to see if I can be a part of this closed network test sounds awesome love a good network test i mean sure also breaking news from my twitter feed i guess they added dune content to fortnite to promote the movie that's coming out this weekend which i'm so excited about but um yeah Go to the Fortnite store now to play as Paul Atreides and in Fortnite. Oh my god. That game has literally any cross-promotion you can think of at this point. That's unbelievable. I wonder how Frank Herbert feels about that. Um, next up, since it is Master Chief's 117 anniversary episode, um, Haler co-creator Marcus Leto, 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 just like in Dune, um, opens a new EA studio focused on first-person games. This is from Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer. Uh, Halo co-creator Marcus Leto has opened the FPS studio seven months after the closure of V1 Interactive, which is the studio he founded and created the game Disintegration. Um, looks like it's going to be pretty in line with what he's done in the past and under EA's umbrella. Any thoughts on this at all, Angie? Well, him being a co-creator of the Halo universe and he's going to be primarily focused on first-person shooter games or first-person games, I, um, I'm curious to see if he'll keep it more sci-fi or if he'll branch out from that. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with his, um, his resume, but uh, he worked at Bungie for about 15 years and he was uh, the creative art director. So it looks like maybe he's pretty responsible for like the visual design of Halo and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so one could imagine that his, his kind of footprint is going to be pretty significant. Oh yeah, um, definitely will be. Yeah, I think it's cool. I um, 
I think EA does a really good job of managing its first-person games overall. Like Apex um, and Battlefield, I think, are, are supported pretty well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think having more of a team under that umbrella, maybe a more story-focused team um, could be really cool. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Speaking of story-based first-person shooters, Zach Zweizen over at Kotaku <laughs> has reported out that you can now play Doom via Twitter. Stop it. It's Tweet everywhere. Tweet to Doom, and that's like the number, the character two. Tweet to Doom. Let's folks play through the classic FPS using commands sent through Twitter. That's awesome. <laughs> it's been on refrigerators. It's been on calculators. It's been on... I've seen it on a pregnancy test. Like, it's pregnancy crazy. Pregnancy test. Pretty soon they'll have it on a bidet and you can play it with your bladder muscles. It's been <laughs> everywhere. And now it is uh, on your social media. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Oh my goodness. I... I think that's so cool. This game is incredible. Like, I, I don't know how much of the original Doom you've played. That was one of my first games I played on a PC. Yeah, me too. I was a Doom 2 demo kid. My yeah. buddy and I would sit in my parents' basement and play the Doom 2 demo and listen to Red Red Wine because of how much <laughs> blood was in the game. And uh, that was our way of making jokes and making light of it. We would put on my parents' uh, had like this like tropical themed uh vacation cd and we would listen to <laughs> red red wine and don't worry be happy oh while we played through the doom 2 demo discs <laughs> um oh, one of my favorite memories of all time um and so yeah i i don't know if you went back if i could even co comprehend what twitter was but i would be like wow computers are so strong that you can like play this game on pregnancy tests? Wow. Um, I just thought that was a really quaint kind of thing. <laughs> um, I think the last couple stories here all tie together. And that is that Nintendo is expanding the crap out of Animal Crossing New Horizon uh, with a big update they're going to be pushing on November 5th along with some paid DLC and free DLC. Um, we're reading off of Kotaku.com again from Mike Fahey. Uh, New Horizons update will give it the best bits of every Animal Crossing. Um, there was a big Animal Crossing Direct over the weekend, and it just kind of laid out all of these different expansions. Um, the big takeaway is that there's also going to be a $25 expansion dlc called happy home paradise um which i think incorporates some of like the animal crossing happy home designer game that i believe they put out on wii u um or i don't actually know what system that much for because my memory is garbage have you um, played animal crossing oh was that 3ds yeah so i got really into this did you play this at all no I know i've you were never played it because i i don't understand what's happening i don't understand the grasp what is it oh, about? Yeah. What is this? Um, what is it? It is a quaint 
life sim where you befriend animals and build your dream home and decorate it. Okay, so it's like your own little mini universe? It's kind of like The Sims. Okay. But kawaii. Like, so cute. Um, I think it, it has some of my favorite video game music. It has this loving, warm ambiance that's like every time you log into it, you were getting a little hug. Um, and part of that is nostalgia because I did play the first one when I was in that same GameCube nostalgia era of being like 12 years old when it came out. Um, oh, this isn't like a new, new game. Like this is just an updated. Well, yeah. So New Horizons came out, I believe, last year. It hit huge during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then Nintendo kind of has neglected it. Um, this is the kind of game that other publishers and developers would treat as a live service game and really aggressively push out updates to. And Nintendo did a few smaller updates um, towards the start of the game. And then it's been kind of radio silent for a while. And so this is kind of the big first piece of news uh, in a really long time. And it was quite the big piece of news. Um, they're adding a fan beloved coffee shop character to the game where you can go sit and have friends over for coffee drinks at Brewster's Cafe. Um, like, so sailing. friends as in like computer, like. All of the above. So the game, you can invite friends to play multiplayer, like real human oh. friends, but then also like. Uh, villagers is what the term I think you would use for the characters who live on the island. Are you um, looking at the article um, where, about the paid DLC for Animal Crossing? No. I am looking at the updates article, but the, other the paid one, DLC is... Yeah, shoot, shoot your shot here. I was going to say the other one has a screenshot. Um, it says an antique cottage. And they're like having tea and coffee. So when you're talking about it, I was looking at it. Those pancakes on the little cart look delicious. So this is the thing. That's an item that you would get and you can decorate your home with that little cute cart of pancakes. I want to eat it. The amount of detail, like just looking at this picture of this cottage, each kind of separate decoration, like there's just like a craft and a loving care that they put into these decorations that go into your home. Yeah. That... Like, it's just so wholesome. Um, I don't know. I think this is coming out at the right time, especially, like, with it being winter soon. Like, mm. having kind of that warm, comforting environment to go spend time in again might be perfect. Oh, yeah. Time. So, yeah. Um, so, the paid DLC, this is their first paid DLC. Isaiah Colbert wrote, wrote it up over on Kotaku. It's a little confusing to me, but I think... In this new Nintendo Online expansion pack, you get the DLC as part of it, or you can buy it separately for twenty five bucks. That's what I. That's what I'm getting out of it. So, it, it's like fifty dollars a year for this expansion pack, and you get Nintendo sixty four games, Sega Genesis games, some, not all, is what I'm, I would imagine. I'm not sure, um, so don't quote me on that, but. It, then also the the DLC for the for Animal Crossing the happy what is it called the, the happy uh, happy home home paradise. paradise yes so that is included so if you don't want 
to get the expansion pack for Nintendo and you just want the Happy Home Paradise expansion, the DLC, I mean. 25. 25 bucks. So is it worth it? Meh. For the expansion it's, pack. Is I it mean. not worth it? Because I think like... Here's the... So final news story. Nintendo announced the new the pricing for the new Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I believe it's $30 more a year than you can get for just the regular base one. Uh, and as you said, it includes... And 64 and Genesis games along with this uh, expansion for the Happy Home Paradise for Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, we're reading from Mike Minotti again over at GamesBeat. Well, um, this is for the Switch Online and the expansion pack, but if you have a family membership, it's $80. Yes. The pricing couldn't be less clear to me. <laughs> There's like four <laughs> different prices associated with Switch Online. Uh, yes. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. I a twenty five dollar game expansion being included doesn't. What if you don't play that game? Bad. Maybe that game's not up your alley. And you don't play it. You just have a DLC just to have a DLC. I know, have, right? It, you're not gonna play. I don't. I don't think there's much reason to get the expansion pack for the price that they have it set at. If you're not gonna be playing Animal Crossing, um, frankly, like. I I lived through and played most of the N64 games that they're putting on this right. program, or I, I already have access to them uh, through the re-releases on the 3DS, or the, you know Mario 64, they just re-released and I paid $60 for as part of the anniversary bundle for the 3D All-Stars. And so... I'm struggling to find the justification to pay the upcharge. And like, there's like one N64 game and one Genesis game that I kind of wanted to check out. Um, and so I just think this is kind of a swing and a miss. Yeah. Um, I almost, I don't know. I, and I so seldom use my online features on my Switch that like I've almost just canceled it other than the cloud backup and like occasionally playing Super Nintendo games. And so this didn't feel like a very like strong sales pitch for me. Are you a Nintendo online subscriber right now? I am not, no. So uh, I was looking at some of the, the games coming to the service. So Legend of Zelda, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, Yoshi Story, Star Fox 64, Sin and Punishment, Mario Kart 64, Mario Tennis, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Streets of Rage 2. I have most of these game cartridges for my N64 currently. Still. Still. <laughs> I mean, I would just play that on there. You held on to them though. See, you're yeah. unlike me. I was a big trade-in kid, so this is where they bite me in the butt. Uh yeah. These I mo like a few of them, like Legend of Zelda and the Star Fox sixty four, Super Mario sixty four, and Mario Kart sixty four, those were the games of of my childhood that I played a lot of. 
I would love to check out Sin and Punishment. That's kind of one of those more obscure games that I never got to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Mario Tennis fan, although I'm a scrub at it. I do love Mario <laughs> Tennis, especially the N64 version. Yeah. I will stand by as being the only one I ever loved. And so those games are good. Um, I believe Fantasy Star 4 is on that list. Like, I have a Streets of Rage collection on uh, Xbox 360 via back compat on my Xbox Series X. So, like, don't really need that, although those games are incredible. And so, like, I just, I don't, I was picturing it being, like, five more dollars a year or something. Which maybe is unrealistic, but like I could see maybe ten if you're gonna add the um, Amazon or the Animal Crossing DLC, maybe. Yeah, but and so still. I don't know. Thirty dollars just feels like a lot, which is insane because like I pay sixty dollars for your Xbox Gold every year and don't even think about it, and I don't play that many games online, you know. Well, and that's the thing—you don't have to play online with. Like the, cause you have, do you have the gold and the, like the, do you have the game pass ultimate? Well, I do now. Okay. I was gonna, I finally, I I paid my first $15 full membership price for that, uh, this month. So. Well, I was going to say that like it just used right there because there's so many games you could play with it. Oh, there's too many. Right. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of a miss for me, which like Yeah. That's fine, but it's I was really trying to keep an open mind and like assume that they would pull this off, but no, they they continue to make uh make Nintendo choices. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean it's We'll see how it works out if, you know, um, there are going to be people that are going to be buying it because there are those people that really love Animal Crossing and you see it everywhere, really. But it's, I'm good. I, uh, definitely am feeling somewhat susceptible to getting it just for that expansion, but just get the expansion 25 bucks and then you're good i mean yeah but then it's like five more bucks and i get all the nintendo games but how do you have to pay that oh that's i guess one that's for the year right yeah that's for the year here's my question what are the odds that every year you get some good expansion content and they add more really you know oh now we finally got gamecube etc etc like do you foresee this being the direction this goes doing what now oh like so say i subscribe for one year to expansion pass do you think Mm -hmm. next year they're gonna have other perks to get me to keep subscribing i mean maybe they might switch it out but then would you be able to keep your current DLC? Like, so say the DLC for is for Animal Crossing, you know, for the year or whatever. Are they going to add another one? What is happening? Mm. Are they going to add another one and let you keep 
the current, like the Animal Crossing. I, I don't. I mean, if they let you keep it and they and they add a new one, maybe. And if it's one you even are interested, maybe. Yeah. You're asking the hard hitting questions here. This is why I like recording with you. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's leave Nintendo's strange pricing choices uh, for the day. Uh, I'm sure we'll come back to it next week and they'll have made another strange upsetting decision. <laughs> but uh, for now, I think that's going to be an episode of a podcast. Um, awesome. Thank you for sitting down and shooting the breeze and surviving my sloppy, rusty hosting skills and our technical errors. Today, I feel Angie. I feel like we it's been a little while for both of us, and I feel like we both had some rusty spots. But that's what makes a good podcast, right? It yeah. gets people like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Probably, which is fine. We're shaking the dust off and people are getting, uh, in, they're in the, they're in the splash zone of the, uh, water show here. Um, sorry, I was trying to think of SeaWorld. We're, we're the orca whales and they're in the splash zone. Okay. Uh, water is our dust. This metaphor is completely falling apart. Just like just this episode sums up of the podcast. It just sums up the podcast. Angie, tell the people where they can keep up with your trials and tribulations on the internet. Oh, at Stellar Smalls. You can find me at VG Occasion, where I occasionally tweet about video games, uh, but it's becoming fewer and further between. Um, you can also hit us up at the email address, podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Uh, follow us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. Check out our old issues of our newsletter at mngamers.substack.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcast listening service of choice. We need it to help get the word out about the show. The more five stars we get, the more people will be exposed to the nightmare that is episode 117 of the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast. That's it for now. Everyone go play games. I know I'm going to. Bye. Bye.